Hi everyone, this is Jalisha from Sharebird. Thanks for being a loyal listener of our podcast. We're excited to announce that we just launched Sharebird Premium, a content library of proven playbooks, case studies, templates, and lessons learned used by product marketing leaders at the fastest growing companies, including many of who have been guests on this show. Start critical projects off right and avoid costly mistakes with Sharebird Premium. Visit sharebird.com playbooks to get access. You're losing 30% of your deals to competitors. Not cool. That competitive revenue gap is costing your business millions of dollars. So how do you tip the scale in your favor? Clue's competitive enablement platform makes it simple for product marketers and compete pros to give their revenue teams the exact right intel at the exact right time. Positioning, messaging, objection handling, and FUD. Clue shares real-time competitive insights in the places your reps already live and makes it easy for them to contribute insights from the field. Welcome back to Season 5 of the Product Marketing Experts Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Garija with me, the Head of Product Marketing from Meta Reality Labs. Garija, can you share a little bit more about yourself and your role and your path into product marketing? Thanks, Jeffrey, for having me over. Sure. So I head up product marketing for VR and MR products in Meta. My team specifically focuses on working with developers. We help them build great VR and MR apps on the platform. My path into product marketing was actually very gradual. I started out as a developer back in the early 2000s. I was part of actually a global system integrator, meaning that I had the opportunity to work with so many different clients on various applications across many different verticals. It was very interesting because I got the chance to work on very specific parts of the application across different industries and whatnot. But I always missed, you know, seeing that end-to-end picture, really understanding how the work that I did kind of translated into business impact. And so that kind of, you know, took me to the path towards product management. So I went into product management. I really, really loved my time in product management. It gave me exactly that. It gave me the opportunity to look end-to-end. I was able to think about customer problems, work on product roadmap, even participate in go-to-market strategies with product marketing, so on and so forth. And I think my role slowly started gravitating towards more of what some people call as outbound product management, really focusing on target audience, customer needs, their pain points, how should we think about our messaging, our value proposition, and the like. And from that point on, I think I kind of got myself into a traditional product marketing role. Many companies really think through product marketing or they talk about these roles in many different ways. Some call them outbound product management, some call them product marketing. But in my mind, a product marketer is really, you know, thinking through the customer first. So really thinking about who their customers are, thinking about what are their pain points, what are their needs, thinking about how should I reach them? How should I talk to them? What messages resonate with them and so on and so forth. So no matter what you call yourself, if you have those skills in my mind, you're doing product marketing work. Couldn't agree more. And you mentioned at the outset, and so I have to ask, and especially given you lead product marketing for Reality Labs, I think a lot of people, myself probably included in that, are wondering, 
you know, what is the metaverse? You know, is it something tangible that we can really like grasp, so to speak? It's certainly been in the news the past few months, let's just say. So curious how you think about what is the metaverse in general and how you really look at it through a product marketing lens? Yeah, the metaverse has been a very hot topic, I think, recently. To me, the metaverse is really about bringing people closer. So if you really think about, you know, whether it's people just hanging out with their friends, playing games, watching movies, learning something new or doing some actual work, no matter what the use case is, as long as people feel like they're together, they're present they're having active conversations and discussions. I think that is really what the metaverse enables people to do. So in my mind, you know, this is really kind of coming into reality through what we call as uh, AR, VR, or MR. And in more generally, it's called extended reality or XR for short. And how people get to do this is through a headset or through AR glasses, or it could even be through your mobile phone or desktop and whatnot, but enabling that feeling of togetherness and being able to stay together, I think that's really what the metaverse is to me. From a product marketing lens, I think it really comes down to understanding how the metaverse operates, right? From a business standpoint. So the metaverse is really about having this two-sided ecosystem where you're both talking to consumers on one side and also to developers on the other side. And they feed into each other to create that beautiful flywheel. Whether you want to attract more developers to your platform, thereby bringing in some very exciting apps to the platform, and hence it attracts consumers to the platform, or it could be vice versa, where consumers see the potential of this technology and they're flocking in and you have the developer community going like, oh, that's where the opportunity lies. But I think being able to understand how that two-sided ecosystem works and what does it take to build that community, I think is very important. And product marketing, in my mind, has this very important role of being able to communicate that value both to consumers and to developers. At the core, product marketing is really about how you think about messaging and value proposition and positioning and all of that. And I think it really starts with being able to communicate the why of the metaverse to both your consumer audience and also the developer audience, showing them the future, showing them what is possible, and also showing them the opportunity for creator community, how to build a business around this. And once you do that, then you've inspired the community. And now you have a lot more work to do by, you know, educating them on how to get started. And as product marketing, honestly, in such an emerging space, you're learning with the community. And the more you listen in to your community, the more ideas you're going to get from them. So I think it's really about that communication piece and being able to tell the story, tell the why to your community and, you know, metaverse and any other emerging business. I think that's a key role that product marketing plays. And it's very important in my opinion. For sure. And that was such a phenomenal description of what the metaverse is. I don't think I've heard it described that concisely and clearly. So I appreciate that. I'm curious, like on your team as head of product marketing for Reality Labs over the metaverse, do you have folks oriented towards both sides of the respective kind of marketplace, the two-sided marketplace? Or do you have folks that kind of span all the different angles and who maybe focus on use cases? Curious how you think about that in general. 
Yeah. So we have product marketing teams kind of oriented by audience. So in my particular team, while we do talk to developers on a day-to-day basis, the flywheel truly has to start happening internally first for us to be able to bring that externally to the community. And so what we mean by that is we are constantly working with our consumer teams to really listen in on signals from consumers, thinking through, especially as we think through new use cases, right? And really trying to understand where the value is for users and who are these users and bringing that knowledge and that information to our developer community to sort of enable them to understand what the apps that they're building, how does that translate to the end user at the end of the day and having that flywheel. So internally, while we do have different teams kind of focusing on each of the different audiences, there's a lot of collaboration and alignment happening between you know, new use cases that we bring to the market, but also what do we tell developers, what signals do we want to share from the end user community so that we are enabling them as well to think through new business opportunities in the metaverse. That's incredible. And how do you think about kind of powering that flywheel? By by the way, I love that term, but how do you think about you and your respective team of product marketers kind of powering that flywheel, doing that research to build that momentum, not only for meta, but for all the folks looking to take part in the metaverse? Yeah, this is true for metaverse, but also I've been in many emerging businesses in the past. And I feel like research to your point is a very very important component of you know that is going to inform everything like your messaging your positioning your go-to-market strategy all of that is really going to come from understanding your audience right and to me research has different components the first one is really you're trying to understand your own audience we all know that you know when we say developers not all developers are the same so like you're truly trying to understand who are these developers? You know, what is their role? What are their challenges on an everyday basis? Who are the teams that they interact with and who are in turn influencing their decisions in order to adopt new technology, right? And that understanding the persona helps you address questions around, you know, who are these people? What's their role? What are their challenges just outside of your own technology, just in general? And that gives you a sense into what sort of messaging would work for them because what are they constantly thinking through? So there's the understanding the persona type of research, which I think is very, very foundational and fundamental and it's important. And then there is the technical piece of it, which is truly, you know, what features do you need? How can I help you? And this is really going to inform product roadmap and help your product management teams really think about the next big feature and product and whatnot. I do think there's a final component from a business standpoint too, which really asks the question of like, how can I help you be more successful, right? And this research is mostly for, in my opinion, developers who are your existing customers because they've already made the bet and they are in the platform. And now it's our turn to sort of like help them be even more successful. And so this opens up a lot more insights around, you know, what should be your pricing strategy or whether, how can I sort of enable them through developer programs or how can I build a community for them? And those are very important factors that lead to the success of the developer community, which in turn is the success of the business as well. And so I think research has many different folds, like I just mentioned, and I think all of those are very, very important. And all of this is only us trying to understand our own customers Then there is the question of like, how do I keep a pulse on the market and on the competitors? And to me, the easiest way to do that is to actually talk to analysts. Analysts 
do an amazing job in my mind where they've done the work already where they're talking constantly to all of these different companies that are making big bets on emerging businesses and so being able to get a pulse from them in terms of both the questions that they ask us but also the information that they've gathered from the market at large i think that's very very helpful and so being able to have a pulse both on your own customers and audience but also on the market at large i think is very important as you think about any emerging business in particular for the metaverse it's very true that's amazing and you mentioned as a part of some of that research that you do prioritizing different audiences Curious, like, do you use any of that data to think about prioritizing the roadmap with your product management colleagues? And curious, if so, how you go about that? I know a lot of product marketers listening to this podcast, some of which have messaged me, talk about like, hey, how can I build more profile or build more influence with the product team? So curious how you go about maybe using some of that data to influence the roadmap. Yeah, that's a great question. I agree with the sentiment where often I hear from many product marketers saying, how do I get a seat at the table with your product stakeholders? And in my mind, like research is your best friend and also bringing your product counterparts in direct kind of contact with the customers, I think is the most helpful thing that any product marketing team can do. And in my mind, what that does is you're really opening up the conversation. And as a product marketing manager, you're leading the conversation with your you know, customers by asking them the relevant questions and probing them in the right places where they start sharing about their pain points, where they start sharing about you know, things that have worked in other places that they want you to help them with and whatnot. And that adds credibility in my mind with your product stakeholders because they now are hearing directly from their own customers and what else can be more powerful than that? So I've used that as a way to just bring them in direct contact and sort of like make them part of the process so that it's not a separate research that you're doing as a product marketing manager and you're just, you know, sharing it out or doing a readout of that later on. I think as much as possible, bringing your product stakeholders and making them a part of the process really helps driving that alignment and driving that influence over the product roadmap. And again, it all comes down to building trust with your product stakeholders. And this helps, in my opinion, helps establish product marketers as sort of leaders in the space and really, you know, somebody who understands the customer deeply and kind of understands customer pain points and brings that empathy out. And so I think that adds a lot of credibility with product managers in terms of listening to our feedback and sort of taking the research and acting on that. I agree completely. And it truly gives product marketing a leg to stand on, so to speak, and to not only support our colleagues in the product team, but also to support, frankly, the broader kind of go-to-market side of the business as well. And I mean, Meta is a fairly large business. I don't know the exact employee count, but it's pretty large. So how do you think as heading up product marketing for Reality Labs, how do you think about aligning with maybe your counterparts who are overseeing other divisions or other product lines and aligning strategy with them as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I do think building strategy in isolation is easier, but it's not the most effective. And so, you know, this alignment piece becomes very, very important for sure. I've approached this in, in sort of a very, I think a systematic way a little bit, just because in large companies, to your point, it's very matrixed. And so there are many people who are working on similar areas or similar technologies and 
can potentially be part of the discussion and conversation, but when you make the conversation too big or the team too big, the purpose is lost. So I've always in Meta, and this is true in other big companies that I've been a part of, like Microsoft or Google, where it's best to really start with your core group. We have this term in Meta where we call them STO, which stands for single threaded owner. So really kind of establishing who that person is going to be, who's basically going to either drive that strategy discussion forward or build that strategy. Ultimately, the person who's responsible for this all coming together. And then it's really about kind of, you know, listing out who your core group is. And the easiest way to do this is to really go to the different XFN org leaders and explain what you're trying to do and ask them, hey, who from your team should be a part of this discussion? And doing this upfront and as early as possible in the cycle, in my opinion, reduces churn. So that is sort of like step one in my mind. It's a very, very systematic way, but it's a very essential step in order to reduce chaos and actually make progress. And once you have this core group formed together, it's about building the strategy together, right? Like really coming together and answering very key questions, you know, very foundational questions about who is our audience? Are we aligned that this is the audience across all of our product areas? Because you would have products that are much more mature and then there are products that are just up and coming or things that are not even, you know, in the works and it's still cooking and being baked. So really addressing all of these foundational questions around audience and mapping out our sort of milestone for when this will all become a reality and also thinking through strategy as a much more fluid approach than this is the strategy. It's set in concrete. Let's just go and do this. I've learned to be, you know, much more effective way. So meaning that you're thinking about a short-term strategy, it could be just for this half or just for the year. And then you also have your eye on what is coming next or in the long term. And that could be not as much flushed out as your near-term strategy is, but really kind of saying that, hey, this strategy is not in isolation. It is definitely in relation to what will come up in the future. And the strategy will still be relevant when we think about you know, the future and what is coming down the pipe. And being able to build this together as a group exercise, as opposed to one person kind of building it out on their own and sort of trying to go to every single team and getting buy-in, I think is a much more effective way of building out strategy and alignment. And in my opinion, like once you have all of this, then you have your core group, you have a strategy, and then it's all about, you know, getting buy-in from your leaders or leaders across different orgs. I've seen multiple opinions about how you do this in large companies, having tried everything, I can say that it's easier to put all leaders in one room and have the discussion as opposed to doing one-off buy-in from every single leader separately. It's very hard and tricky. But I do think it paves the way for very healthy discussion and also things that other people would not have thought about and like some really interesting kind of pointers as well. So I definitely suggest being much more systematic, especially if you're thinking about getting alignment in a large company like Meta or Google or any other large company is to really have a very systematic approach and say, who's the DRI? Who are the core group people? How do we build a strategy together as a team? And then think about buying all at once from your leaders, as opposed to kind of, if you don't establish that, then you're going to be churning from the beginning and that's not helpful. I'm so glad you brought up the executive component of that because I think it's a crucial part that not a lot of folks, frankly, talk about. And it's so crucial to not only get their buy-in, 
but you know, work directly with them. Do you often go kind of one-to-one to one to get buy-in ahead of time? Or do you just get all those folks in the room? You know, from myself working with a lot of executives, like getting all those big personalities, or at least sometimes big personalities in a room can be a challenge, but curious how you do it at Meta. Yeah, it is tricky to your point to sort of like have all of these leaders all at once in a room and have discussions around it. But I do think, you know, of course, want to encourage people to pre-flight as much as possible with as many people in the background. But I do think having that discussion and bringing everybody in the same room and having a live discussion has been one of the most effective methods. And I do think like at Meta and with my experience in the Metaverse org, you know, it's very interesting having these discussions. And oftentimes what you find is that there are much more interesting sort of tangents that come out of it. And it's a very healthy discussion and a very exciting way to sort of understand what is going on across the board and sometimes what we would not have context on. So it's been a very effective method, but I do agree it's tricky and it's also hard just getting all of these people in the same room. But the willingness to collaborate and the willingness to do the right thing is the common thread across the board. And once you have that in an org and in a team culture, the rest of it should be very easy if you think about it. So I think that's what makes this approach easier to land. But yes, it's a foundational requirement that you want the culture to support the collaboration for sure. For sure. And one more question on the same kind of topic, because I think a lot of product marketing leaders, a lot of folks looking to maybe take that next step in their career are curious about how do I get buy-in from my executives? How do I build trust with my executives? How do I get visibility with my executives? All those various questions that kind of surround the broader executive leadership team. Curious how you've done that. I mean, it certainly sounds like getting them all in a room and talking through these kind of topics, these launch strategy, the research you're doing, et cetera, is certainly one method, but curious how you've done it and thought about it holistically. Yeah, exec communication and presence, I think is very important, especially in a large matrix organizations. My approach over the years, I've done it all. And I think I have learned quite a few ways of, in my opinion, our best practices in ways that I don't think works as much as you would want it to. But essentially, my suggestion would be to sort of approach it in a way where less is more, right? And often I think the common mistake that many product marketers, many people, not just in product marketing make is that we want to share everything we know with the executives and that's not needed. They don't have to know all the details. They don't have to know all the context. And just like going with that mantra of less is more, I think is very important. I've tried different strategies and I have a few ideas as to how I would approach this. Again, it all depends on what the discussion is or what the topic is. And you might want to pick the right approach for each of those. But whatever the topic is, I think being very super clear in terms of what the outcome you want is extremely helpful for executives. Is it an approval? Is it a FYI? You know, do you want them to act on something? I think just being very super clear about that upfront is very helpful. And also forcing yourself to come up with the entire topic of the content in a couple of slides or a one pager is just a great way to be concise, to get to the point and to be really clear about what you're looking for from your executives. I think that's a, another great approach to just force yourself to say less and get to the point. The third piece that I would suggest is also, I'm just a huge fan of async communication. 
Some things don't have to be a meeting. And I think we're all realizing that with remote work and in a post-COVID world. So some things just don't have to be a meeting. And it's okay to just send an email update or ask these questions over email. And that's just a faster way to unblock, in my opinion. And also, one of the interesting things that I found in Meta, which I thought was super cool, is we have the concept of internally posting in our workplace groups. So that's just a very lightweight way of sharing updates, especially if the goal is to raise visibility on the work that you have done or your team's done. It's just a, you know, it reaches a broad audience and you can tag your executives and they don't have the pressure of getting to it right immediately, but it's there and they can comment on it. They can, you know, ask you questions or if needed, there could be a sidebar conversation that needs to happen, but it's just a very easy, lightweight way of getting updates out there. So my suggestion is really think through what the goal is and sort of use an approach that is the most relevant for what you're trying to do. But again, whatever the approach is, less is more is probably the one mantra I would take. That's phenomenal advice and certainly something that we all can definitely learn from. One question that I like to ask pretty much everyone who comes on the podcast, because everyone who comes on has a lot of years of experience in product marketing and has found their way into product marketing from generally years of experience in another department or group. And you've developed expertise in not only product marketing, but business at large. And so curious if there's one thing that maybe a colleague or a mentor or even a book has taught you that's really served you well in your career and has been kind of a cornerstone of your career. Yeah. I mean, lots of great advice, I guess, throughout the years, but the one thing I've really thought has helped me the most is focusing on relationship building, right? Some people call it networking. Some people call it stakeholder management, whatever your term is. I think it all comes down to relationship building and it's not just the goal, but it's also how you do it. I think is very important. So the most helpful advice for me was actually from a mentor in Google. And she talked a lot about, you know, being authentic and also assuming good intent when you're having conversations. So what that does is really you're trying to relate to the person from their standpoint and really kind of trying to understand where they're coming from. And it, it is very helpful in a number of scenarios, whether it's conflict resolution, whether it's you know general stakeholder management, whether if it's even you're looking for a sponsor and you want to have that discussion or conversation, it's just great if you're being authentic and if you have the right intent, it just comes through. But I do think focusing on relationships is very important. We were just talking earlier before this podcast about how this is a very small world in the tech industry and you run into each other all the time. So focusing on relationships is probably going to help you more than anything else that you can do. So that would be my one advice. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing all of your expertise. I really appreciate it, Grija, and best of luck at Meta. Thank you. It was great being a part of this podcast. This show is produced by Sharebird, the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out Share.